Whether it's digital or analog design that keeps you busy, today it's all about the experience. This is Experience by Design, a podcast exploring the latest trends and solutions helping create the most intriguing experiences you can imagine and the ones you can't. Hosted by Brian Mazaros. Welcome to another episode of the Experience by Design podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Mazaros, and today we welcome Dutch artist Iron Vandermost. Iron has created art with data, algorithms, and artificial intelligence for over 10 years. His current focus is on using AI to bridge the illusionary boundaries between us and our surroundings. Vandermost's art was covered by media like MIT Technology Review, The Download, The Next Web, Arnett. He creates artworks autonomously, but also develops pieces for organizations like Amnesty International, NH Hotels, and housing website Funda. His art to date was obtained by worldwide collectors and the National Museum of New Zealand. It has been displayed in galleries and art fairs, ranging from the Amsterdam Kunstra to the Affordable Art Fair in Hong Kong. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome Jeroen to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Hi, Brian. Great to be here. Yeah, likewise. Great to have you. Definitely. <laughs> I have I have been looking forward to this conversation for uh, for a while. So um, this is an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Um, looking forward to it very much. No, it's you know it's it's a, it's amazing. I mean, I I you know I I pretty much I think we connected on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's the guess so. Yeah, the, yeah. The beauty of how connections start today. Yeah, that's amazing, amazing in this uh, world. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? It's 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 um, you know, and I'm, I'm well. I guess I'm just curious. I mean, just to, just to talk a little bit about about your work and and just your perspective. And um, I think yeah, if you could just kind of fill in, um, sort of what you focus on. Yeah, so uh, I'm an artist creating uh, yeah art with uh, artificial intelligence. So uh, I've been doing that for quite a while, indeed. Like you mentioned in the intro, for uh, for over ten years, and um, well, mainly I'm creating uh, art using artificial intelligence, and it means that um, well, most AI systems work uh, around more or less the same principle. And it means that I, for example, use AI systems to study uh, thousands of images or uh, large volumes of text, books of text. And then the AI system is at some point capable of creating new imagery and new uh, text based on um, yeah the analysis the system uh, did, and in that way it's uh, yeah it's um, a way of creating uh, art artistic uh, material and um, that's for me the uh, method- methodology to uh, to create uh, my art pieces. Now I think you know I know one of the ways that we you know I ended up discovering you was was my own curiosity with with AI. Um, you know, certainly it's becoming, um, I don't, I don't want to use the word trend, but I think a, a topic that a lot of people are, are focused on. So I'm kind of curious and, and how your path as, as an artist led you to using AI and, and what that evolution looked like and, and bringing AI into your artwork and, and how that kind of shaped your, your approach. Yeah, sure. I was uh, working, um, yeah, more or less uh, twelve years ago. I was working in data science and um, market research uh, sector, and I was basically doing all sorts of uh, studies there. Uh, a lot uh, with uh, with the help of uh, algorithms. For example, I studied how uh, well people were uh, having conversations online uh, on uh, social media on Twitter. 
about brands and then I uh, gather thousands of tweets using uh, algorithms and analyze so basically the sentiment in, in, in these uh, conversations. And at some point I get kind of, well, you could call it uh, bored out with the, uh, the research projects. And I decided to, to, yeah, to try some more creative, uh, uh, well, stuff with the, uh, basically the same algorithms. And it meant that I, uh, I developed this, uh, yeah, sort of, uh, artworks that were, um, they were called Twitter paintings, tweet paintings also. And they're, uh, basic images that are, cre I created using those algorithms that I, uh, yeah, gathered all those uh, tweets uh, within the research project. And then I used those uh, same algorithms to actually create visualizations of those Twitter messages. And I also created portraits of them uh, using those uh, Twitter messages of people on Twitter. And it basically was my first steps into, um, yeah, into uh, the uh, art uh, field and what you would call basically at that point in time, I mean, like uh, around 2008, 2009, those algorithms were still, you know, people would call those algorithms still uh, artificial intelligence. And that uh, the whole definition of what AI is, is kind of evolving over time. So at some point, uh, 2013, 2014, you saw this rise of these new uh, sorts of uh, systems, AI systems, AI algorithms, uh, deep learning systems that well, in some rudimentary way uh, mimic a little bit the uh, human brain in doing calculations, at least they offered this next level again of uh, yeah, using uh, artificial intelligence to create uh, imagery or, or uh, sounds or, or text. And I basically got uh, involved with those at, uh, at those point and uh, at that point and I'm still uh, working with uh, yeah, uh, algorithms that are kind of based in this uh, yeah, deep learning uh, technology. And this is, uh, well, at first you're, you're mainly into it uh, because of the, um, well, you could call it maybe the uh, technical woe of, of, of what these technologies can do, can, can really offer a creative or a designer really all sorts of new possibilities of creating images or, or text. But at, after a couple of years, my interest, well, the, I'm still interested in the technical aspect, but I'm also more interested along the way, got more interested into um, well, basically the whole philosophical underlaying of what uh, AI is. Because if you think about artificial intelligence, it's also very much about, or it raises all sorts of philosophical questions also. So if you could have an AI system that's creating new imagery or creating new, um, well, we did, for example, uh, projects in which we uh, studied the whole uh, oeuvre, all the paintings Van Gogh ever made and all the paintings Rembrandt ever made and then used artificial intelligence to create a new image as if it was a next Rembrandt, as if it was a new Van Gogh painting, a new painting Van Gogh would have uh, made. If you think of AI that's actually creating such new imagery, then this also raises all sorts of questions about um, yeah, what is creativity and how, what does that mean for us? Are we actually some sort of, uh, do we mimic these AI systems? And if you can design an AI system that's able to, to write and talk and maybe even at some point look like a human, what does that really say about us as humans? Are we in some way <laughs> computer systems ourselves? What's, what does that say about free will? And that's, well, that's kind of the evolution that I went through and um, mainly got, uh, well, you could call it stuck in those philosophical questions. And that's still very much my interest, what inspires me about uh, AI today. Do you think that that alters with, with using AI a, a person's relationship with art? You know, I mean, it's, it's I guess I, I kind of look at it as like you, 
when you view or, or in the presence of you, you have this certain relationship because it, it it's it's not continuing to evolve. I mean, there, there's just there's just that viewing relationship, and you you interpret it, interpret it. But then when you you know start bringing AI, I mean, do you see it as, as creating more of a deeper relationship between the person that's viewing it and the art itself, or is creating more of immersive relationship? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's a very interesting aspect about uh, artificial intelligence because it indeed raises all these possibilities that, well, to, to uh, in, in the past, we would say about art or an art piece that it's kind of fixed. And even if you have, uh, for example, a video uh, art piece or a, an, an animated art piece, and it's still kind of fixed in the sense that it's, uh, well, it is what it is, but AI can really create uh, new stuff on the spot and based on all sorts of data from the environment. So for example, that could be data about uh, a viewer, about uh, uh, how someone reacts to the, to, the, to the artwork based on, uh, I don't know, sound or images or uh, et cetera. And in that sense, there could be a reaction of the art piece to, um, to the viewer. And in that sense, there definitely is a deepening uh, of relationships uh, possible between viewer and an art piece but also at all sorts of other levels. At, uh, in my work, I'm also exploring the relationship, not only between the human and the art piece, but also very much between the human and our surroundings. So for example, between the human on the one hand and well, what you could call nature at the other hand. And if you could use artificial intelligence actually to deepen those relationships between well, all those entities in the, um, in the, uh, yeah, in the reality that we, uh, <laughs> that we inhabit. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask, you know, so I'm, I'm curious about, there's obviously this ongoing storytelling opportunity as well that I think that exists. And, and you know, I think about, you know, uh, the one piece that you had worked on, um, Letters from Nature, and it seems like, you know, there's that opportunity to use AI to create this this narrative around a particular subject matter. Obviously, you know, this being focused on on nature and and um, you know, it's, it's impact humans impact on it, but it, I, I think, you know, to the point that it's a story or it's a narrative that never ends, it's, it's just ongoing. And so do you think, you know, with using AI that it helps to, to bring these types of stories more to life and, and make them more authentic and, and more connected to real time? Yeah, definitely. So indeed, in the, in the Let's From Nature project, uh, we used, uh, uh, me and Peter van der Putte, a friend of mine, uh, used artificial intelligence to uh, yeah, give a sort of text, a voice to nature in the, in the climate debate and actually uh, use AR or build a system that enables uh, uh, or that, that build an AI system that's capable of writing letters on behalf of uh, nature to presidents. And the the... Well, the promise or the possibilities of AI are really that you, instead of, well, writing a fixed piece of text or a book or whatever, or, or a movie or uh, doing a podcast of one of, of an hour, the possibilities are that AI can indeed uh, create this uh, ongoing uh, story with all kinds of variations in it, but also all kinds of uh, personalization opportunities. So through AI, it will... Uh, Quite, uh, I at least I uh, think that's quite likely that uh, probably uh, yeah somewhere in the near future we will have personal books, personal movies, personalized 
So there's no fixed media content anymore, but all the content will be yeah, synthetic, uh, dynamic, and based yeah uh, based on on well who's watching or who's interacting with it, and it will be created probably uh, on the spot, so real time. Do you you know just just going back to what you're talking about before with with Van Gogh, you know obviously you're aware of the Van Gogh Van Gogh tour that is that is taking place. Do you do you see? I mean, in the future, in, in terms of, of art galleries and, and even museums, um, you know, dedicating exhibits or, or, or parts of their environment to to more AI kind of experiences. Is is that where you see that shifting to to really accommodate what you're doing and was sort of I don't want to say new breed, but what, what what other artists in the future are going to be creating in these kind of media know really immersive type media experiences yeah oh no definitely yeah i already um or for the, I've, I've definitely seen it already over the past uh, 10 12 years that it's got uh, more i would still call it a definite niche the uh to uh, to, to to talk about ai uh, based uh, creativity and art artworks created using ai or at least having some sort of ai element it's still kind mm-hmm. of a niche but for the basically uh yeah i think two three four years ago well, some major uh, of uh, one of the major events in the in the art sector was that the first pieces uh, um, or art art pieces uh, uh, created using artificial intelligence were actually sold by uh, the major uh, auction uh, art auction houses. So uh, Christie's and uh, Sotheby's uh, sold uh, yeah art pieces, auctioned art pieces that were actually created uh, using AI. There's one major exhibit also that uh, traveled uh, at least where they were in London uh, two three years ago and in uh, in the Netherlands uh, a bigger uh, exhibition around AI. So there's definitely uh, evolution there, and but it it it, it that that will only get bigger. I mean the whole digital art field is getting will increasingly get bigger and bigger and more important. That's definitely. Uh, what uh, what we can expect again? Yeah, I, I think it's exciting to see. Um, do do you think a, a bit more of that is accelerated coming coming out of a, a pandemic, or do you think we're you know this this trajectory that we've been on is is just stayed the course? Uh, no, I could definitely see it uh, being uh, uh, yeah, brought forward by the pandemic. At least uh, I'm, for example, I'm I'm participating in this one uh, conference, uh, the the uh, an exhibit. Uh, uh, I think it's ne- I think it's next September. We'd have to look it up. It's next next September, I think. And it's uh, ICCC, um, okay. and it's um, the International Conference on Creative uh, Computing. And they de- they have this whole, or at least the, the, the exhibit part. I think it's it's a, like this hybrid event taking place in um, uh, Mexico City, but there's also an online uh, part in this conference. And this uh, this online part is really in this uh, will be in this uh, virtual environment where people can actually walk around, etc. And that's really something that you saw, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, those whole virtual environments where you could walk uh, around in uh, and, and then host an uh, art exhibit in that. That's really something that you saw, uh, yeah, getting big this uh, these last, uh, yeah, one and a half years, COVID uh, period. Do, do you see though? I mean, it, it's. I feel like there's a little bit of a difference between you know, kind of these, you know, virtual type of. of I don't know, experiences versus being in an actual physical environment um, and, and, and interacting with something or, or being part of something. I mean, do, do you see a real 
distinction or a, you know a difference in how that relationship is between you know the viewer and um, the exhibitor or the piece itself if, if someone's actually within a physical environment versus you know a VR or you know a virtual yeah there's still there's there's definitely still a difference but it's also of course there's still a difference between um, between the real between a real uh, conference where you would do a talk or between uh, yeah. or with a, a, a virtual or online uh, one. And my preference would still still go always to the physical uh, event, probably. That's definitely true. But it's um, but doesn't mean the the, the online um, yeah alternative doesn't have value. I mean, I've had some great uh, online conference uh, conferences over the last uh, one and a half years. It's, it's really um, yeah, we're really interesting, and uh, and I might not have participated in them or done talks in them at all. Uh, if they were hadn't been uh, online because they were just uh, all over the world basically, so that's definitely something that's interesting about that virtual aspect. It also delivers chances, but my preference would still definitely go to the uh, to the physical uh, to the physical um, yeah alternatives and also with an immersive art show for example because it's just I mean it's uh, the virtual is still just not the real thing, so it's more. Yeah, it's more overwhelming, more <laughs> what you would call immersive uh, yeah. in <laughs> in reality than it's in the in the, in the purely virtual uh, at this moment. At this moment, no, I I, I, I completely I completely agree. Um, no, I, I think it's interesting. You know, when you do look at um, you know more of these environments, and 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 it isn't you know it's museums and it is art galleries and it is other other exhibits that are you know creating. You know, immersive environments, and and I think that's certainly on trend, and, and that's where this is gravitating towards. But um, I think always the challenge is, is when you do something like that, is is creating these relationships. I feel like a, a lot with exhibits and 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 art. I mean, you're telling a story, but I think it's so important how that relationship is is nurtured or is or is curated. And you know, I think that's what I, I find fascinating with with AI is just that ability to create these these different relationships that us as an audience have, have not been used to. Uh, I think we think of AI maybe as, you know, it's a system and, and I think some of us have seen it, you know, or a certain AI systems used in, in, in web experiences. But when you take it into a physical environment, I think that's where we're, I think I'm still learning about it. And, and I think it's fascinating in how you continue to, to push the boundaries of how to, to tie that into into a piece or into into a narrative. Yeah, it's fascinating, uh, and it it's still and there, 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 there will be so much. Uh, I expect so much more uh, progress uh, also in the immersive field because what you see. I mean, I mean, it's still it's still used at a quite. Uh, it hasn't reached nearly uh, its capacity that you could definitely do somewhere in the future with with immersive. I mean, immersive still is at the moment still very often just projecting something mm -hmm. and then you stand in the projection but of course ai like you you call it the the relationship of course can really yeah deepen our our uh, this relationship between the art piece and the, and the human in the sense that ai could be this intermediate technology that can really create this more interactive um immersive environments but have these kind of co-creations elements in it all kinds of sorts of personalization and uh, etc which we quite um, yeah that's quite uh well that's basically also what i'm 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 exploring in my art and it will be uh, 
yeah, very excited to see uh, what's happening in that field uh, all over the world. You know, this is actually something I'm really curious in your opinion on. Is how involved do you do you get in terms of the the way something is projected or or displayed in an environment? And 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 I mean that you know we're all familiar with with a traditional digital canvas, whether whether that is a a, a 4K display, an LED display, or, or projection. But then there's also different materialities, just different types of of you know digital that can be used that changes a person's visual perception of 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 art or how we see it i mean how involved do you get in terms of how that is projected or displayed or just the materials that surround that oh very yeah often very involved but it, it depends a little bit on um, yeah what's possible also because mm-hmm. uh, there's of course also yeah there's a lot of uh, varieties in how you can display something indeed uh, on different screens, etc. but also different sorts of projections. And it's quite, um, yeah, those kind of things also <laughs> often depend on a budget, for example. But um, yeah, but it's very interesting. And of course, um, the, um, well, just with this, with screens, for example. So, uh, and it's it's continuously evolving. Uh, of course, we do now see these uh, 8K uh, screens uh, entering the field. It's it's very interesting to to um, to uh, see where that's uh, heading and what will be possible uh, somewhere in uh, yeah over the coming uh, over the coming years. Because I'm still also a little bit uh, also worked in the past uh, quite a lot with uh, doing mixed media kind of stuff. So these okay. were then st- static uh, art pieces, which would would for example have uh, a digital printed uh, part, and then I would uh, actually combine those with uh, actual real paints and uh, lacquers. Then you see there's still quite a difference uh, between uh, really the color intensity you would have with these real physical prints or these, um, uh, yeah, if you would use real paints, you would really compare that with color intensity, for example, of screen and the paint is definitely still the, the winner there. So I'm very curious how that will evolve at some point in the future, if you could really <laughs> kind of get to that um, yeah, maximum kind of uh, yeah, color quality, image quality that the real paints also have. Yeah, and I feel like that's the, you know, it's a big component, I think, of an experience. I mean, I think that that adds to its authenticity. I think that adds to the, the whole viewer's visual experience and, and how something is, is seen, because I feel like if it's not projected properly or displayed, displayed properly, I mean, that just unfortunately takes away from its impact or, or, or just how you even, you know, like perception, perception is so key, you know, it's just how, how a piece of art is framed, you know, just adds another dimension uh, to it. And so, yeah, definitely. So that's really, uh, yeah, very true. And I agree very much. It's also really about, um, but that's kind of interesting also, um, with, um, oh, for example, what you often have to deal with also is just the frame rate, so the computing uh, power mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of the system. But it's in practice, you sometimes just have to work with, uh, <laughs> with what, what's possible yeah. also uh, at, yeah. at, at specific location. I'm basically uh, actually working uh, or finishing a project right now for, for a client who actually had, it's on this very big screen, but the actual technology we're using there is quite, um, and it's really fit into the project uh, in the end. So there was quite I was quite satisfied with it, but the actual technology you used to project there was really, it's kind of, I would call it kind of low tech because that was just the, the, the basic um, 
well, actually, the, the system they used for presenting stuff on the screen was just not capable of, uh, of actually displaying very heavy uh, graphic uh, material, uh, image material. So we went actually for um, um, well, a way of a more crude way of presenting stuff there, but really fit into the project because it was really about uh, this mix of the old with the new, etc. So kind of fit in uh, very nicely there, but it's just sometimes you also just have to work with what's possible and not getting the maximum out of uh, what's possible on the location. Yeah, but there's, doesn't that add though to the creativity? I mean, I, I love I love that, and 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 I've certainly been in that situation for for other clients of just making do but i feel like you know it, it adds that just that extra level of creativity like how do i how do i make you have like four objects and i need to make it work and that's it uh, that's definitely a challenge and that's very yeah that's very interesting indeed also the, the creative challenge absolutely yeah yeah so i'm curious one one other topic i'm curious and and is is nfts i'm sorry and uh, yeah nfts and i, I am by far an expert <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm curious on your your thoughts on its impact on the value of art, um, whether you see it being um, positive or, or, or negative, and and especially now as as as, as art is turning into uh, these digital experiences, what does that do? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of double at the moment. I mean, I see it's very, it's very interesting NFT, and it's definitely an opportunity for digital artists to at least at some. I mean, the main difficulty or or a big difficulty, big challenge for 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 digital artists is just okay. Uh, all arts have to have to have to make a living in some way, but digital art is just very hard to actually uh, sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, NFTs certainly have have this promise of actually bringing in some kind of uh, yeah, some kind of income stream that could really help uh, digital artists and the digital art scene. At the other hand, there's of course also very large um, well objections towards NFT at the moment in the sense that <laughs> what you see happening and with NFT at the moment is that it's just. I think it's very much a hype market that's really hyped by all sorts of people in it, which are just in it for yeah, you know, for for the money basically. So, mm-hmm. all kinds of investors, all kinds of uh, people, just buying stuff to 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 uh, hoping to sell it for for a bigger value at some point in the future. And outside of that, of course, the uh, one the, the environmental impact of what's happening on uh, NFT. So these systems are very, very demanding. Um, well, uh, wow. CO2 wise, etc. So, but there's some alternatives already for that. But it's really, I mean, that's something that's really well, one of a, one of an objection that that you see written a lot about, being talked about a lot, and which I also have an objection with with regards to uh, NFT. But yeah, so lots of downsides, but there's also opportunities. Just kind of mixed feelings that I have at this moment with uh, NFT. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm I'm still, like I said, learning and and, and reading. And uh, you know, I, I saw the article. Um, I think it was back in March or so about the um, the Banksy painting that was that was converted to an NFT and then burned. And and, and I look at something like that, and it's it. It saddens me uh, to 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 see that that something is as pure as a a canvas um, would. I don't know if it's say that less value or lose value because it's converted into something digital. Um, 
I'm going to kind of feel like there's a little bit of this purity that is, is maybe undervalued or not looked at for, for, for art. And, and, and I feel that that is, um, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know. It's it's sad, and so I, I sort of wonder. You know, what is NFT continues to to grow in interest and, and popularity. I don't know what what does that do for the future. It's 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 just. I think it's a very open, broad question. Yeah, and it's a very uh, yeah, it's a very good question, a very difficult question. Yeah, what 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 will happen? Uh, what will happen there? But really, yeah, the Banksy example really shows the absurdity of some stuff mm-hmm. that you see happening at the moment with uh, with NFT. So it's really, I mean, also the big uh, so the sixty nine million um, uh, people uh, sales. So what that was the major uh, attention attractor surrounding uh, NFT could really wonder, I mean, I have great respect for people and his art, but is it worth uh, 69 million? Uh, I don't yeah. know. And it's really, yeah. uh, I mean, <laughs> someone paid for it and he uh, probably paid for it because, uh, well, he was into, uh, he was into um, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, in the cryptocurrency business himself, and he probably expects to make money in, from, out of it from, in some way. And you can actually buy yourself kind of into art history by actually doing that because, well, there's there's quite a chance that this event will have some kind of value in art history in the sense that it will be mentioned that at some point someone paid 69 million to it uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for an yeah. NFT and that it was a very big amount. And in that sense, yeah, if you're in art history, then you might actually be able to sell it at some point for more money. But um, I mean, there's really... Yeah. It's the buying your way in <laughs> with an absurd value that that just. But uh, there are there are there are exceptions. Or I mean, at least um, there, there's this one platform. It's called Hick at Nunk, and it's really at this moment, at least, it's still a little bit more about really just art lovers and artists uh, among each other uh, selling digital art pieces and actually buying that because you're actually interested into the art. That's at least still my my um impression of that platform at the moment uh, still and uh yeah we'll have to see how that uh, evolves into the future you probably will see that uh well the the, the, the i don't know maybe the big tech players but also the big auction house will uh, launch their own platform probably and then um yeah so i don't know it's interesting but also uh, i see many uh, many of the downsides uh, also yeah I think, unfortunately, money will obviously dictate the path this takes. <laughs> Very unfortunate to me. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah it's hard. To, it's hard to balance. Um, I think that the, the the purity of something, obviously, when there's a very high monetary value um, attached to it. Yeah. But but I think everything goes through that, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> also interesting to think about how it's in what direction will it actually will it actually push uh, art into a certain direction? For example, where actually people start mm-hmm. uh, start creating the stuff that's uh, which you also kind of with Instagram maybe that you actually start producing the stuff that actually uh, yeah <laughs> it scores scores well on uh, Instagram is actually uh, appreciated by the uh, Instagram algorithm. Well, I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be a lot of headlines in the near future. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, Iran, thank you very much for uh, for taking time to uh, to chat with me. Um, always a pleasure. Um, if you can let people know, I mean, how do they you know learn more about you? To f- learn more about the projects that you're working on. 
Oh yeah, well, people can uh, of course go to my uh, web- website, jeroenvandermoost.com uh, or follow me uh, on LinkedIn, mostly active there, but also uh, on Twitter or Instagram, for example. And uh, well, that basically I'm uh, posting uh, updates there, mainly LinkedIn. And uh, But my, um, absolutely my pleasure to have had a chat uh, with you. It was a great, uh, very nice to be here, great conversation. So uh, thank you very much. No, my, my pleasure. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Experience by Design podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OpenEyeGlobal, and I'm also on Twitter as well at, at Brian Mazeros. Till next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>